Amen. Isn't it so great to have Sonia here? Yes. So great. Uh, if you don't know me, uh, Charles mentioned me earlier. My name's Ryan. I'm the Port Clinton campus pastor, so I'm the equivalent of Charles in Port Clinton. And so um, it, it truly is phenomenal to be with you and how no matter where we've been, no matter where we are, isn't it amazing that we can come together and worship the same God? That we can come together and have a common language or a unity under Christ and what he has done. And so it's just a privilege to be able to celebrate communion with you and remember what Jesus has done. And, uh, and also to look at God's word with you. And so if you haven't been with us, last week we started a message series in Psalm 23. Maybe you've heard of this before, this psalm. You probably have. It's a very popular passage and the one thing about passages being popular, like this, this passage is so popular, some of you maybe even have it on a t-shirt or on a coffee cup. Does anybody have that today? Just kidding. But you, you might have that. But what happens over time is that when a passage becomes so popular, we kind of lose sight of the meaning of what's actually intended by the scripture. And so that's why we're walking through this passage, just a quick three-week message series focused on Psalm 23 before we celebrate Easter together in two weeks. And so last week, we kicked the message series off by looking at the first three verses of Psalm 23. And just like we can all come together and celebrate communion and remember what Jesus has done, we can also all come together and read God's word. So if you would, please read this with me today. Psalm 23, 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want... He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So if you weren't with us last week, we learned a few things. First, we learned who God is. We see that in the first line. The Lord is shepherd. So the Lord carries with it this weight of eternal, superior, supreme. The Lord, that's who he is. But at the same time, the superior, supreme, eternal Lord is also shepherd, which means he's loving, he's caring, he leads, he knows his sheep. So the Lord is also the shepherd. We also see who we are in that statement as well. If the Lord's the shepherd, then what does that make us? Sheep. I won't make you make the noise this morning, but we're sheep, okay? We are the sheep of his own pasture, Scripture says. And amazingly, John 10 tells us that he knows his sheep. He knows who are his. We are his. So in that one statement, the Lord is my shepherd, we learn that the Lord, this eternal, supreme, superior God, is also the shepherd of us, his sheep. And because of that, and if we trust in him, guess what it leads to? It leads to contentment. I shall not want. It also, when we are content, where does that lead to? Contentment. That leads to peace and rest. And that's what we see in green pastures, and that's what we see in still waters. Green pastures and still waters envision this idea of a peace and a rest that we only receive through the Lord, who is our shepherd, and when we're content with what we have through him. 
And that contentment, that peace, that rest, guess what that leads to as well? That leads to restoration. That leads to just a filling of our souls, a renewing of our souls. That's what happens in our physical lives when we have some time of rest and peacefulness and relaxation. What happens? We feel restored. It's the same thing, spiritually speaking, with our shepherd. And so we see it here. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so contentment leads to peace, which peace leads to restoration. And restoration leads us to the idea that we can continue on the right path that the shepherd has us on. And so we see it here. Contentment leads to peace, peace to restoration, restoration to the right path. It'd be pretty amazing if this was life all the time, wouldn't it? Like, I don't know about you, but if, this, if I knew every single day I could wake up and experience just this sheer contentment in God, no matter what's going on in my life, I could just feel this sense of peace every single day, I could feel this restoration, I would know that I'm walking on the right path, all of this. This would be pretty amazing if this was life, and it never changed. But I think we can all safely agree today that this is not reality. We can experience this in different seasons at different times through our shepherd, but we all understand that this is not reality. We go through seasons of discontentment. We go through seasons of chaos. We go through seasons where we're empty, and we go through seasons where we're not on the right path. You see, we know this is not reality, and David knows that as well. What David wants us to know in the next two verses following the first three is that sometimes the righteous path that the Lord, the shepherd, has us on is going to go through some dark valleys. All right, so the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads us to all these good things. But guess what? Sometimes in life, in order to end up at those green pastures, those still waters, we have to walk through the dark valleys in our lives. But we don't have to fear when we're in those valleys. David's going to show us we don't have to fear for two reasons, because the Lord protects us and the Lord provides for us. And so let's look at verses four and five together today. So let's start with verse four. It begins this way, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. When David pens these words, he's not making something up. He's speaking from experience. Remember, we meet David in 1 Samuel 16, and he's what? A shepherd. So he has experience of leading his sheep through dark valleys in order to get to green pastures and still waters, in order to get to peace, in order to get to rest. And so when he pens these words, he's, he's kind of thinking experientially, like, I've done this before as the actual shepherd, and guess what? Our Lord does the exact same thing with us in our lives. Our shepherd leads us, but even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Those words, even though, are, are just imperative for us to understand today and, and not skip over. The words, even though, notice how it doesn't say, if I walk through the valley. Notice how it doesn't say, we might walk through the valley. No, he says, even though. In other words, he's saying, when I walk. 
there's an expectation there of saying, you know what? We will walk through dark valleys, even though that's our reality in life. Dark valleys happen. Maybe you're going through one right now in life where you're experiencing this discontentment, this, this chaos, this weariness, and you feel like you're not on the right path. You see, even though when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we have to look at that phrase real quick. What's a valley of the shadow of death? It's pretty simple. The valley is a death-like shadow, a deep shadow, a black gloom. That's my favorite one. A deep darkness, a thick darkness in life. You know, all of us in this room today need to embrace the reality that valleys will happen. Valleys will happen. Death-like shadows will happen. Deep shadows, black gloom in life, deep darkness, thick darkness, pain, hardships, suffering, struggle, weariness, all of it. It will happen. We will go through them. The valley of the shadow of death will happen even with the Lord as our shepherd. This is where a lot of people go wrong in their, in their walk with Jesus is usually some people will begin their journey with joy and they, they kind of sprout up and they're all excited and, and they love Jesus and they're ready to go and they experience this amazing growth and this amazing just first season of Christianity and following Jesus. But then when the moment of valley hits, many people, that's the moment where they decide this isn't for me. Where they think the shepherd, like, how dare you, Lord, lead me through this dark valley. I thought it was all going to be roses and fairies and, and pixie dust. And yet here I am in a valley. And so many people then desert and run from God because of that false expectation. And so as the sheep of God's pasture, as people who want to follow Jesus, we need to walk through life expecting dark valleys of life. And when we expect dark valleys of life, that kind of changes our entire perspective, doesn't it? It changes our entire perspective. So think about it this way. If you have an interview this week, you're probably going to go through that interview with some fear, worry, anxiety if you don't know what to expect. But if that person you're going to interview with gives you all the questions they're going to ask you and you get to prepare for it, and now you get to go into that interview expecting certain things, that changes the way you go through it, isn't it? Yeah, you might be a little nervous. Yeah, you might be a little frazzled. It's an interview. But at the end of the day, you can walk in there with confidence because you're expecting those questions. It's the same thing in our spiritual lives with God. When we change our perspective and when we expect these valleys, it changes the way we walk through them. It changes our emotions. It changes our feelings. It changes our vision of what's going on in life. So what would happen if we simply changed our perspective and our expectations? And instead of thinking there are no valleys to be walked through, we change it and we understand there will be valleys. How would that change your life today? How would that change the way you're walking? 
I think as the passage flows here, we're going to see for David, his expectation that valleys are going to happen led him to have no fear. It led him to have no fear. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So he changed his perspective, understood valleys are going to happen. And so because of that, he doesn't have to live in fear during this moment. You see, when we walk through dark valleys with the right perspective, we don't have to fear the evil that lurks so close. We don't have to fret when the enemy feels so near. You see, when we have the right perspective, it changes the way we experience certain things in our lives. We actually do this in a physical, our physical world too, right? Um, we don't have to fear in darkness, even though that's our initial instinct. We're going to talk about that a little later as well. Usually in darkness, how many of you in this room have gone around during the day and turned all the lights on because you were scared in the day? Have you done that? Probably no one. But if but if I ask the other question, how many of you are home alone at night and you go around the house and you turn all the lights on just because you're so fearful of the dark? That's how my sister was when we were a child. We used to mock her all the time for it, how scared she was as a person. We'd come home and it was like just so bright in our house because she was so fearful in the dark. You see, that's what happens when we're in deep darkness and in black gloom. Our initial instinct is to have this fear, and yet if we walk through it with confidence in our, with our shepherd, guess what? We don't have to fear. We don't have to live that way. We don't have to feel that in the midst of it. And David goes on to explain two reasons why we don't have to fear. First, he says, for you are with me. For you, he's referring back to the shepherd here, for you are with me. When I walk through this valley, I don't have to fear because you, the shepherd, are with me. I love this statement right here because it's right here in this psalm where David switches from talking about the shepherd to talking to the shepherd. Did you notice that switch there? Verses 1 through 3 are all about, about the shepherd. Verse 4 switches, and now he's talking to the shepherd, and this makes sense. I love this, uh, I love this quote by Lloyd, Lloyd Stilley. He says, we're more prone to talk about God when we're in the green pastures. How true is that? When life is good, we feel peace, we feel restoration, it's great to talk about God. That's not a bad thing. Talk about God. Talk him up. Talk about his goodness. But how prone are we to talk to God when we're in the dangerous ravine? In the light, we are prone to wander off in pursuit of greener grass, but in the dark, we hug his knee. Take a moment to think about your life right now. How true is this statement for you? When life is good, we talk about God and who he is, and yet time and we kind of go off and find our green, green pastures by ourselves because it's day out, it's night, it's green pastures. But yet when we're in the valley of death, when we're in the darkness, that's when we talk to God the most, and that's when we get to hug his knee. That's when we get to lean into him as our good shepherd. Our good shepherd is near to us in the valleys of life. He doesn't get, bring us into a valley and then just say, hey, fend for yourself. 
He doesn't say, hey, we're in here. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to run out, though, and so you just got to figure, figure it out for yourself. No, like our good shepherd, he corrals us in, and he walks with us as we venture through the valley. Just like I do as, my, uh, as a father, all my kids are young, and it's dark out, and whatever in the dark, and all of a sudden, my kids are just right at my legs, and you can't walk. Maybe you know that with your kids. Why are they there? Well, it's because they want, they want to know that I'm near. They want to know that I'm present. They want to know that I'm with them. And in Psalm, 20, in Psalm 23, verse 4, we read that the Lord is with us. That's where the shepherd is. He's with you in your valleys. So hug his knee. Take that step. Hug his knee. The second reason we don't have to fear in the valley is because Our Lord is not some untrained sissy shepherd. Our Lord is a shepherd who's very good at his job. And shepherds are really trained in protecting and providing for their sheep. And so we see here, he says, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, shepherds were trained to protect their sheep with their rod. They had other things like a sling as well. David had a sling, really good at it. But shepherds had this rod that just was used for so many things. First, as a rod, it carries with it the weight or the idea of protection. The rod protects from other animals that might attack attack the sheep, and it corrects and guides the sheep themselves. How many of us guys or anybody in here, you walk, you're walking on a trail and you have a stick and you think you're like a master at this, you know, spinning the stick? That's what I do every time. I still do it today. I think I'm awesome at it, but I'm not. But shepherds are trained in that to protect from other animals. They're, they're trained to correct. They're trained to guide with that rod. That's what that word rod brings with it, this idea of protection. Then he also says your staff. So that's the same thing, but the staff carries with it this idea of support, of support. So not only does he protect us, but he also supports us. And that's why in a business or at a church, the people who work there are called the staff. It's all about supporting the mission at hand. And that's why it's amazing we've added Sonia to our staff here at the chapel, because she is a support to the ministry that God is doing here in Norwalk. Isn't that pretty amazing? She's added to the staff. And so let me just kind of recap for you real quick. We do not have to fear when we are in the dark valleys of life because our good shepherd is near to us. Because our good shepherd protects us and our good shepherd supports us. And when we embrace these realities, what follows? Comfort. Comfort. Just like my kids know I'm near to them, just like my kids know I'm going to protect them, just like my kids know that I'm going to support them, that brings them comfort in their lives, and it's the same thing with our shepherd. He's near to us, he protects us, he supports us. I do not have to fear because of that. But here's the beauty of our God. Not only does he do those things, lead and protect through the valley, he also provides for us in the valley. He 
also provides for us in the valley. Verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I love this statement here because it says, you prepare a table before me, which means in front of. And so it almost carries with it this idea that the Lord or the shepherd has gone before us in the valley on the path to prepare a table that we get to go and we get to sit down at. But notice where it actually happens. Does it say you prepare a table before me in the sunny green pastures? Does it say you prepare a table before me where there's no harm and you don't have to fear? No, it says you prepare a table where? In the presence of my enemies. And earlier he said, I will fear no evil. Evil enemies is the same idea of being in the valley. And so the Lord switches from a good shepherd to a gracious host in the valley. He's near to us. He protects us. He supports us. But he also provides for us what we need in that valley. He provides for us what we need in that valley, even when evil lurks so close. You know what we need to, how we need to respond from this statement right here that David makes is that understanding our shepherd prepares a table. When we're in the valley, we need to just simply sit down at the table. And yet, again, back to our human instincts, when we're in valleys, what's the first thing you want to do when it's dark and you're scared? You want to run, don't you? You're not going to just stop and sit at a table. I can remember when I was a child, uh, we had a really gross, super gross basement. And that was where the laundry was. And I had to go downstairs a lot. And as I was in the basement, I would like hurry up, go really, really fast to get all the clothes and stuff. And I would sprint upstairs because I was really scared. Something absolutely was down there. And underneath our stairs, it was this like creepy place. It was gross. And then my brother would turn the lights off when I was down there. Just to like, so I think that's really why I was scared. But my initial instinct when I was in the dark, gross basement was to run. To get out of there as fast as possible. And usually, if I can speak for all of us in here today, usually when we're in a dark valley of life, and it's hard, and it's, it's a little scary, and we don't know what's going on, what do we want to do? We just want to run out as fast as possible, don't we? We just want to get out. And yet Jesus, our good shepherd, prepares a table for us. For us to sit down at. For us to pause. For us to feast. For us to really feast on his goodness, on his grace, on his mercy, on his love, on his protection, on his nearness. You see, how would our valleys change if we just learned to just sit at his table, even in the valleys? And what does sitting at his table even bring up? What are some practical ways? It's simple. It's sitting down and intentionally reading God's word to, to lift you up. This is profitable for you. It's maybe having a conversation with another Christian who's going to encourage you and edify you in the midst of that valley it's probably, you know, putting worship songs on in the midst of the time where all you want to do is drown everything out about God. 
It's intentionally putting yourself at that table to just enjoy the presence of God in your life, even when you just want to run. Our good shepherd prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies in the valley. And he goes further, when we're at the table, he anoints our head with oil and our cup overflows. The idea of anointing with oils carries with it this idea that we have been chosen and set apart by God. And so when we take time to sit at the table, he anoints us with that oil. In other words, he's reminding us that he has chosen us. That when all of life and people are disregarding you and rejecting you, Jesus, God, our good shepherd, has chosen you. He has chosen you, and then when you get to feast at his table and you experience the goodness of God on a spiritual level, guess what? Your heart then just overflows with the love of God, as Romans 5 says. And that's what happens here. When we take time to just find comfort in God, our, our cup, our hearts overflow with gratitude, with thankfulness, and with love for our good shepherd. You see, God is faithful to us in the valleys of life. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies, and he anoints our head with oils, and our cup overflows. So let me just recap all of this for you today. When we trust in the Lord as our shepherd, he leads us on paths of righteousness. And sometimes those paths will go, we will go through some dark valleys, but in the dark valleys, we do not have to fear. Why? Because we have a shepherd who will, this is what we've talked about today, we have a shepherd who will be near to us, protect us, support us, comfort us, provide for us, choose us, be generous to us, and fill our cup. That's who our good shepherd is. That's who he is when we're in the valley. And that's what he does. So the question for you today, three questions for you to consider. First, is the Lord your shepherd? Your shepherd. In other words, have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus as your savior, repenting from your sins and turning to him as your savior? That's a question all of us in here today need to come to grips with and answer in our lives. Is he your shepherd, your good shepherd? Second, what are you fearing? What in life or what valley are are you on where fear is just crippling you? What do you need to turn to God for and understand, you know what, he's protecting us, he's guiding us, he's leading us through this, we can get through it. What are you fearing today? And lastly, Have you sat down at his table? Have you sat down at his table? If you're in that valley, have you taken a moment to just pause and feast on our good shepherd and who he is and what he's done for us? That is a great spiritual rhythm to develop in your life. And so as we close today, we're going to close just like we opened Let's read Psalm 23, 4, and 5 all together today. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. 
Let us pray. God, thank you so much for these truths here in this song, for the fact that we can cry out to you in our valleys, the fact that we can rely on you knowing that we don't have to fear because, Lord, you protect us, you provide for us, help us to just pause and sit at your table in our valleys, knowing that you care for us and love us. God, we give you all the glory today. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. It was a privilege being with you here today. Have a wonderful Sunday.